Jimmy back. Jimmy time. Jimmy throws. It is caught. Touchdown! San Francisco Debo! Jimmy in the gun. Tevin Coleman in. Jimmy going to throw it out right to Tevin Coleman. Gets a block. Takes it to the goal line. He's in. Touchdown! San Francisco! I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously for me it got to make sense. Uh, but, I mean, this is obviously where I want to be. Uh, you know, I, uh, coming in, uh, I remember sitting down, you know, with Max and all these guys and, you know, just talking about the Raiders organization and, and the culture and uh, want to be a part of, you know, the, uh, the change. And um, I still feel that way. Um, so hopefully I'll be back. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. You ready for some Jimmy Garoppolo rumors? Raiders. It's going to be exciting here. So ESPN's Dan Graziano said um, a lot of people in Indianapolis this week expect McDaniels and Ziggler to pursue pursue free agent quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, whom they know from his time in New England early in his career. There's also some chatter. McDaniels might try to acquire Mac Jones from the Patriots, though it seems unlikely New England would consider moving him. Uh, moving the 2021 first rounder. We've talked about the Mac Jones rumor before. It doesn't make a lot of sense because why would the Patriots give him up for anything less than like a first or second round pick? And why would the Raiders give up a first or second round pick for Mac Jones? That one doesn't make a lot of sense. Does Jimmy Garoppolo make sense? After the contracts were signed yesterday, is he... If he's a bridge, what is he going to demand? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo right now, Derek Carr's getting that. If I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm like, well, I want 30 to 35 million. The honest question I would have signing Jimmy Garoppolo would center around Brock Purdy. Basically, this seventh round rookie came in and did what you did. Why are you any good? And so the other question is injuries, right? I think that's maybe the bigger factor into what happens with Garoppolo's contract here. But it is, to me, one of the most curious contract situations we'll see, right? I I think I know what he'd ask for. Yeah, Carr was always going to get paid the exact dollar amount. We didn't know, but he was always going to get a a decent uh, contract. Geno Smith was going to get a decent contract. Um, Daniel Jones, we'll see what the Giants do, but he's either getting franchise tagged or he's probably getting a decent contract. But what is Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's not Baker Mayfield, who played on 74 different teams in the last two years. But he's also... Is he Derek Carr? He is when he plays, but he he gets injured a lot. And I don't know how much an individual team will hold that against him versus saying, ah, you'll be healthy for the next five years for us. If you're looking for a bridge because you're going to draft someone, I think we both agree they're going to draft someone, then I would would take Stidham. I would take Stidham over him. Stidham and... Okay, let let me ask it to you this way. When you say draft him, draft somebody... Are you saying first round, or are you just saying period? I think they're going to draft someone at seven. Okay. If they draft someone at seven, I think Stidham makes more sense than Garoppolo, because if you draft someone at seven, you're probably planning on them starting pretty soon, right? Maybe it's Anthony Richardson, and and you're like, ah, we'd prefer to give this a year, but if you take someone at seven, you're not wasting a whole lot of time with them sitting behind somebody, and Stidham's probably the perfect quarterback for, yeah, he can start some games for you. 
If you take someone in the third round, I think Garoppolo makes more sense because if you take someone in the third round, you're probably not expecting them to start right away, right? And Garoppolo yeah. is better than Stidham, or we've got a bigger sample size. Maybe Stidham's going to be great, but we've got a bigger sample size on Garoppolo. Garoppolo makes more sense if you're looking for a starter for two years. Stidham makes more sense if he's really the bridge we, and you've got a guy up high. We took one gonna, at seven and we want him to start, but maybe he's not ready. Right. And Stidham will be the guy if he's not for week one. So that I'd be curious to see. The other question, what about Garoppolo and Stidham and they don't draft anybody? Oh, I think they're drafting someone. I think they're drafting someone. What if they're all gone? What if they decide we don't want to we don't want to pay the price to trade up? Or they don't like the guy in the second or third round, like Max Duggan. Right. Like what what if all four quarterbacks are gone before they pick at seven? They don't trade up because they don't want to pay the price. I mean, the Bears GM just came out and said, I know I can get a twenty four and a twenty five first. Then you have a better job, you have a better chance of Jimmy G instead of because you're not gonna fall in love probably with a third or fourth round quarterback. Presumably not. Presumably. Um the other question on Jimmy Garoppolo. How does his market and ultimately his contract change if Rodgers stays in Green Bay and the Jets need a quarterback without a high pick and the Panthers need a quarterback and the Raiders well, need that's a quarterback? What I was, well, that's what I was thinking after after yesterday. Jimmy's going to want $30, 35000000 million. Yeah. If there's multiple teams that are yeah, like, oh, they're gonna bid on him. you're the best thing yes. we can get. Don't you think that's what he'd want? And that's probably on the open market what he might get. He... He could get thirty million a year if God. those two teams are bidding for him. I'm telling you, you can't give him thirty million, right? I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying that that's what he'd want, and that's what the market might bear after after yesterday. Yeah, I was gonna say after the, especially with the Geno signing and whatever Jones gets, you have to pay Garoppolo at least thirty five. But he only Geno Smith only got forty million guaranteed. That is right. not like Geno Smith. Sure, there's one hundred five million dollars on there, but there's only forty million guaranteed on a three year deal. Geno Smith did not actually get paid like a big time quarterback yesterday. Like if you're using if you use Geno Smith as the comp and you say, yeah, it's well, a three year deal and forties guaranteed. Then he's getting twenty, then he's getting twenty. I just don't think Garoppolo look, you, you can want and what you get are two different things, obviously, but I think he's gonna go into it based on what happened with Carr, that he's gonna want thirty to thirty five million a year. Doesn't mean someone's gonna pay it, obviously. Somebody will. The Jets if, if the Jets don't get Rodgers, they might be like, uh oh. Fifty million a year <laughs> for Jimmy G. For Jimmy G. All in. Jimmy G. signs a fifty million dollar contract. Only tens fully guaranteed. If he starts all seventeen games, he gets the other he forty gets all, million. He gets all fifty. <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad deal for the team, right, Jimmy. If you When's make it through he, the season, I mean, I have to check. The last time he started every game, that had to have been a long time. I don't yeah. think he has. Probably not. I don't think he started every game in one season because he was only the starter, I think, for two or three seasons. Yeah, very rarely has he actually been the guy going into a season, too. So the the answer might be never. So outside of quarterbacks, Danny will probably give us that answer in a second. Danny's looking it up. Um, The Raiders franchise tagged Josh Jacobs yesterday. He's going to make $10.09 million this season. The Raiders do have until July 17th to work out a new long-term extension with Jacobs. So he might get a new deal Will anything change between now and July that will lead to the Raiders giving him a different contract that no. he would sign? Obviously, I think that they're going to stand true on the on the franchise tag. What is it, Danny? 
Uh, Garoppolo has started all games in one season. Okay. That was the 2019 season with the Niners. Uh, 2021, he started 15 of the 16 games. Oh, close. Just missed out. I think they're standing firm with um, Josh Jacobs. They might be saying they want to work out a long-term deal, but it's going to be on their terms for a running back. I See, the entire time I've had the thought that the Raiders don't really have an intention of giving Jacobs any real long-term deal. The franchise tag, which yeah. is ten point one million. Like if the, if if he was willing to sign a discounted deal, they would have been great with it. But I don't think there was ever any intention to give Jacobs a deal that was going to have more guaranteed money than the one he would get on the franchise right. tag. And so, the whole idea of them negotiating before the ta- tag deadline and now for the next few That's months, fair. I don't think anything changed. No. Josh Jacobs gave that quote earlier in the offseason about uh, hero turned villain if he gets franchise tagged. Where's his leverage? Sit out and get fined fifty thousand a day. I think he would probably love to have the ability to sit out, but I don't think he actually no. does. And I don't. the The only thing I think you could possibly see from Josh Jacobs is uh, a little bit, a little hamstring injury. Late July, Ooh, hamstrings a little sore, guys. Goes over to Darren. How'd you do this? Yeah, well, what we do over here? How'd your hamstring get hurt? Maybe, maybe that happens, uh, but. I don't think that would change much either because the other problem, well, okay. I've thought the best case scenario for the Raiders was to tag Jacobs and then trade him. That requires another team to value a running back, right? right? There aren't many of those left. Maybe there's still a sucker out there. Not to the point of what Josh Jacobs is going to want in a contract. Right. And so while it'd be great if they could trade him and get a decent pickback for him and the other team pays Jacobs, everybody wins except the team that paid Jacobs. I don't know how realistic that is. So even if Jacobs wanted to hold out, if the Raiders aren't willing to pay him and there's not another team that's willing to trade for him, there's no no win for him at the end of the day. So he has to play and hit free agency next year. Technically, they could franchise tag him a second time. But the the salary will jump up quite a bit that it probably won't be worth it the second time around unless he leads the league in rushing again. In which case, all right, that guy's been pretty good two years right. in a row. We might want to keep him around. So I just think for Jacobs, it's a tough spot because I don't, I think they're locked into the tag. I don't think they're going to give him a long term deal. Yeah. Unless, like you said, the guarantees could be around what it is now. And what's the point of that? I right. Mean, what, to appease him to say to get a long term deal? Yeah. If you're Jacobs and the Raiders offer you less guaranteed money, you don't take it. If they offer you the same guaranteed money over more years, right. you don't take it. You just play this year, get yeah. the guaranteed money, and then hit free agency and try to sign for more. I mean, I sat in a Derek Carr press conference where they had the family there and everything, and the whole time everyone in the room's thinking, this is a one-year deal. <laughs> if you read the deal, right? I mean, yeah. and, you know, oh, it's five years. No, it's a one-year deal. His deal his deal with the Saints is a two-year deal. Yeah. Despite the four years on there, It's they it's can get year. out of it in two years and basically have paid him $70 million, million dollars. and move on from it. Uh, the Cowboys franchise tagged Tony Pollard? Yes, they did. Uh, they still yeah. haven't done anything with Ezekiel Elliott's contract, but no. that will he'll either be cut. Or he, Ezekiel Elliott's already said, I'll take a pay cut, so he's well, not going to have the $20 million down pay. To like one yeah. or two million. Um, who would you rather have? Tony Pollard or Josh Jacobs? <sighs> it's a tough one. Tony Pollard's got a bad injury. You mean right he's now, coming, today? Coming back, well... I mean, the season starts. He's got time to recover. We're not playing a football game. If, if we're not in the healthy. XFL. We're not in the XFL, healthy. Ed. We don't have to go play at Cashman tomorrow. I, Danny, I pretty much got to stay with our guy. Yeah, I'm. I would stick with Pollard. I'd stick with Pollard. So, 
I think last year, uh, Josh Jacobs was phenomenal. Tony Pollard was phenomenal, right? Both were very good. But the one I would rather have going forward is has almost nothing to do with how good they've been. It's based on one thing, and that's how much they've already been used. Tony Pollard has 510 career carries. Josh Jacobs has 1,072. Okay. I want the running back with half as many right. carries because he presumably has a longer shelf, shelf life. life. Yeah. Although Pollard is a year older than Jacobs. But uh, Jacobs had 340 carries last year. That's insane. That's what, and, you know, <laughs> we thought, and to this point, they might because they just tagged him. They were just running him into the ground. They might do it again. And they might do it again. Pollard doesn't have 340 carries over the last two seasons. He'll get more usage this year with that. I mean, more and more is he. Huh? He'll get a lot more this year. You sure? Did you guys see Mike McCarthy's quote about we got to run the ball more? Yeah. He's like, Kellen was great, but we got to run it more often. Zeke's getting 25 carries a game for 71 yards. Well, then they're getting 25 touchdowns because he only carries the ball on the one yard line. (laughs) Exactly. Which would be really good. Which Danny could put some kind of bet on about how many points the Cowboys are going to score this year. Oh, yeah. That, That they played. Well, did, they, did they play the Titans on Thursday Night Football late yes. in the year? Yes. And Pollard got hurt or was hurt. Yeah. And Zeke got like twenty carries for, for like, like two yards, thirty-seven yeah, yards. Yeah, that like that two game yards. was so terrible. Oh yeah. my it was god! Like, it was like ten to zero at <laughs> yeah. halftime. Oh. He averaged like two yards a carry. That's He's what Mike done. McCarthy wants, though. McCarthy's like, "Yep, we need more of that." Zeke, twenty-eight carries. We give up no points. We win the game. Well, McCarthy's taken over, what was it, 30% of offensive play calling? Wait, is that a real bet? his yeah. number? Yeah, he said, he said um, I'm going to take over partially because I think we need... Hold on, that's I'll look good. up the exact what, quote. What, he, what is this? Confusing. John Gruden had yeah. 51% yeah. and Mike Mayock had 49%? Just call plays or have someone else do it. Are you kidding me? When's his 30% come yeah, in? Is they're arguing it's... over a play? No, it's on the fourth downs when they're when it's fourth and one and he wants to throw for 40 yards. He's Did he really say I'm going to call 30% of the plays? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that Hold good, on. Good question. When is his 30%? Yeah, when does that come into play? <laughs> All right. Oh it's your, it's uh, your drive. Language will will remain the same, but McCarthy expects 30 to 35%. Oh, I'm sorry. Playbook changes, but he is. No, he's got to be calling plays. There's yeah. no, nobody would say I'm only calling 30% of the plays. That makes That'd be bizarre. I've got every second down today, guys. Second second down down is my down. (laughs) He's calling plays. Yeah, yeah, he's taking over play calling. Well, I mean, you got one year left, you're going to get fired. So I guess you want to be in charge. You want to have control. Do you want to be? What if you're bad at it? I want somebody else to be in charge. His ego tells him he's good at it. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. You ready for some controversy? The player of the year in the Mountain West, according to the media, was Omari Moore Mm -hmm. from San Jose State. Finally found out what one group thought of it. We'll find out what the coaches now think of it. Today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, right? Probably tomorrow because it would have been released by now unless they wait till 10.01. 10.01. They'll release it. Um, Are you surprised the media gave player of the year to a team that was not one of the top two or three in the conference? I'm not surprised at anything anymore with that poll. They gave on 15 players. They gave one to San Diego State, and they won the league by two games. Yeah, they're all bums. Yeah, not any good. I mean, Amari Moore might be the best player in the league, so maybe they were thinking that. And you know, I agreed with Tim Miles being coach of the year. We talked that about one that. was easy. We talked about that. That was easy. He should probably get coach of the year for the next five years because Just of, because what, of he did. what he did yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. 
worth more than just one coach I mean, of the year. You and I went back and forth on it. I don't. I mean, I'm fine with it because I. You and I went back and forth on it for days in terms of who was even going to be on the first team, no matter who the, no matter who player of the year was going to be. Um, I didn't know this is the first year I really struggled with who should have been on the first team all conference. There was no. I still have no idea. And you said, <laughs> you know, you said there was just no outstanding elite player like well, that guy's the obvious player of the year yeah there the, was none there was none of that the first team was amari moore isaiah stevens from colorado state matt bradley from san diego state jalen house from uh new mexico and tyson dagenhart from boise state um and the second team if they played five on five the second team might beat the first team because the second team is steven ashworth from utah state jamal mashburn from new mexico harkless here from unlv morris udeze from new mexico and hunter maldonado from wyoming I think you could argue for just about any of it. Hell, the third team has Max Rice and Marcus Shaver on it from Boise State. Yeah. And you conceivably could have voted for them for first team or player of the year if you wanted to, too. So I have no problem with it being Amari Moore. I actually kind of like that they gave it to somebody who was not on a contending team because it's certainly plausible for the best player in the conference to not be on one of the top two or three teams in the conference. Who's the best player in the conference? Isaiah Amari Moore or Isaiah Stevens? I think, I think I'd take Isaiah Stevens if I was, like, building a team right now. I think right. I'd take Isaiah Stevens. Uh, but what San Jose State did this year more deserves yeah. a yeah. ton of credit. By the way, I'll give you this. This is the Ken Palm uh, Mountain West, All-Mountain West team. Harkless, Omari Moore, Stephen Ashworth, Jalen Hausch, and Keenan Blackshear. Blackshear was on the third team, according to the media, too. So it, you could get... I. I think you could ask every single coach in, in the conference. They might give you five different players on the first team. Every single one yeah. of them might have a different top five. Yeah. And same for to see what they come up with. Yeah, Can't vote for your own guys. Yeah, well, we'll see if they respect San Diego State a little bit more. Um, now, the Lady Rebels yesterday beat Nevada 84-47. to It was 47-23 to at halftime. The fun part is that no one for UNLV actually had like a monster game. Essence Booker and Justice Etheridge each had 16 to lead the way. Six players had at least eight points. Uh, Desiree Young only had eight points in that game. But the Lady Rebels made 13 of 26 three-pointers in that game. Could not miss from three-point range. They probably win the Mountain West tournament if they shoot 20% from three in every game. If they shoot 50% from three... They're going to win by 30. No one's coming close to the Lady Rebels in any of these games. They now play San Diego State today, uh, 5 p.m., uh, in the Mountain West semifinals, and if they win, they will play in the final on Wednesday night. They played close games with them. I was at the last one at uh, Cox Pavilion, and, and San Diego State was up by 10. Yep, San Diego State, Colorado State, and I'm blanking on the other one. There are three teams Wyoming. in this conference, Wyoming, that are they're pretty good, right? They're not going to the NCAA tournament or anything, but they're pretty good, right. and they're good enough to well, beat they're UNLV. They're capable of beating right. UNLV for sure. So the next two, UNLV is going to have to play uh, well, beat a couple of good teams. Best part of this game, though, There were 10 free throw attempts in the entire game. There were 24 total foul calls. The refs decided, nope, we're not calling anything tonight. Good. (laughs) I told you that, uh, and you said the same thing because you were there with your dad um, when it was over. Usually the women's games are a little over two hours. And, you know, the whole checking, you know, the video and going to the video, that that weighs five to ten minutes each time. I think there was only one of those, and it was near the end of the game, which I thought was really weird because it was a 40-point game. But when I went up to the locker room afterwards to talk to uh, 
Desiree Young, I looked at my, you know, my uh, phone, and it was like one fifty. Came and the thing, <laughs> you're in the, the locker thing, room, yeah. and two minute, two hours haven't yeah, gone and by. And the thing started at noon. It I'm was like, like, man, it is that was quick. It was roughly an hour and forty minute game. Um, it was a blowout the entire second half, so there wasn't. It's not like there was going to be a, a lot of stoppages in the fourth quarter because it was a close game, and the refs didn't call many fouls. Right. Uh, the one replay review at the end, by the way, is because somebody got hit in the face. And I know Andy Yamashita from the RJ tweeted out she's got her eyeball scratched. Okay. And is she's, that why? They, well, they went to review because to see if it was a flagrant. Because they came back over and they were right by us and they said it was a common foul. Yeah, because Lindy LaRock was pretty mad. Like, she demanded they go review it because it, they weren't going to. They called it a common foul and she, like, called a timeout to be like, no, I'm calling a timeout. You need to go look at this. Right. Because she wanted a flagrant and... They reviewed it and left it as a common foul. So I didn't see a replay. Oh, Forty at that but time. Scratched eyeball sounds uh, pretty terrible. Yeah, doesn't sound good. I don't want one of those for tonight. Uh, so the women are in the semifinals for the second year in a row. When's the last time the UNLV men went to the semifinals of the Mountain West tournament? I'll say 2013. 14. Okay. So Almost the year, got the it. The year after they made the NCAA tournament. 2013, they went to the tournament final. And 14, they went to the semis, and they have not been back to the semis since 2014. So Lindy LaRock has made the semis more than uh, Menzies, Otzelberger, and Kruger combined. And she's done it in two years. When was Menzies here? Uh, 2016 or 17. Okay, so she's made it two more times. She's doubled them up. Well, they've got zero. They've got zero, yeah. That's an infinite double-up. She's made it back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Um, the By the way, since UNLV last went to the semifinals, eight other Mountain West teams have been to the semis. So the only three teams in the conference to not go to the semifinals Force, in the last eight years are Air Force, San Jose State, and UNLV. UNLV. Yeah. San Jose State's never won a conference tournament game in the Mountain West. Did you know that? I mean, it makes sense, not. but... They've never even pulled off an upset in the conference tournament. And unfortunately for them, they got the five seed, which means they don't get to play a first round game against a crappy 11 seed. So they're in the four or five game against yep. Nevada? They play Nevada, and that's their chance at winning their first ever Mountain West tournament game. If they had fallen to the six seed, they definitely would have won one because they would have gotten to play Wyoming. Right. But they they screwed up and got the five seed. So now they might go 0 1 again, and they'll be 0 7, I believe, all time. I'd like to see them win a game. Me too. I'd like to see them beat Nevada. Yeah. And go play San Diego State. Nothing against who, Nevada. I don't really care either way. <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't matter to me, but I just would like to see Tim Miles, after what he did this year, get a win. The problem for what San Jose State did this year is there might not be any tangible reward. Uh, I think they're at 19, which is borderline NIT. They might make the, they might make the yeah. NIT, but there might, they might have their best season maybe ever. And, and there's any. no tangible CBI. reward. Oh, that's right. You keep bringing up the CBI. We'll see. They should say, no, we're too good for the CBI. <laughs> they would not say We've that. We've never won a conference <laughs> tournament game. They would not we're say, not going to the CBI. They would not say no to the CBI. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace joins the show. Today, the Golden Knights play at four against the Panthers. Tune in to Fox Sports Las Vegas to hear that. Joining us now is Ryan Wallace. You can hear him on the pre-post and intermission for Golden Knights games over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Ryan. Hey, boys. How's it going? Hey, Ryan. All right. So how uh, I'll let you go two different ways if you want. 
How do you think Bruce Cassidy will determine the goalie starts on this five-game road trip? And how would you do it if you were in charge of determining who starts in goal on this five-game road trip? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, listen, Aiden Hill uh, just got just got done playing one of the best games I've ever seen him play against the New Jersey Devils. So um, I'm going Aiden Hill today. I'm going Aiden Hill against Tampa. Um, and depending on how Aiden plays over the next two games, then I think you start to look at, you know, putting in Jonathan Quick. But I, I would go at least the first two games on this one, uh, Florida-Tampa, I'm going Aiden Hill. Um, and then from there, I'll, I'll kind of figure out what makes sense. Is that how you think Bruce does it? I think so, yeah. I mean, listen, as like to me right now, Aiden Hill's playing the best hockey of, of his career. He is the reason you pick up two points against an incredibly good New Jersey Devils team. You want to try to continue to put points in the bank. I understand that. So from that perspective, uh, if I'm looking at things objectively, I think Bruce Cassidy goes Aiden Hill, Florida, Aiden Hill, Tampa. Uh, I know Carolina's like waiting in the wings, but I would go at least with, with your number one guy in that right now is Aiden Hill for the, for the first two on this, uh, this road trip. Jonathan Quick's first start here came against the Canadians, which uh, was the most obvious time given the timeline of when he got here. But do you think Cassidy will make any decisions as to who starts in net based on how good the opponent is? Uh, I think there's something to that, right? Like, I mean, there's only really one opponent on this road trip. I, I mean, I guess St. Louis and Philadelphia can be lumped into the same category in in, in that regard. But, like, I I think that if you're looking at this, the, the traditional backup starts would be the final two games of the road trip. So do you want to go Aiden Hill, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and then you've got – you know, St. Louis and Philadelphia for Jonathan Quick play two games in a row. I'm not particularly sure, um, but I, I could see a scenario where, you know, Aiden Hill gets at least the first two, maybe the first three. Then you've got, you know, Jonathan Quick uh, on travel to St. Louis, and Aiden Hill finishes up in, in Philadelphia. I don't know really what the, the outlook for goaltending is going to be because it all depends on whether or not Aiden Hill plays well in his next start and whether or not Jonathan Quick plays well in his next start. I think right now for the Golden Knights, you want to roll the hot hand. I think Aiden Hill deserves maybe more of the starts, but you know we'll see how things go after tonight in Florida. I would start Quick in all five. You would start Quick in all five, really? Maybe, maybe the back-to-back I might give Aiden Hill one, but to me it's just the chances that Aiden Hill is your starting goaltender in the postseason seem seem very slim, right? You're going to need Brossois to not play or not be back and Logan Thompson to not be back and Aiden Hill to outplay Jonathan Quick over the rest of the season, which he might do given how quick has been this season with LA. But I just think best case scenario for the Golden Knights right now is Jonathan Quick plays really well, like Jonathan Quick from six years ago. And so I play him all five and see if he can do that. But why, like, why wouldn't you just go with Aiden Hill, who right now is playing like Jonathan Quick six years ago? Yeah, you got like one and a half good starts out of him. He's been bad the rest of the season. That's categorically wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> He's not that good. If Aiden Hill starts in the postseason, they're out in round one. They, if Quick starts in the postseason, they're probably out in one, round one, too. But there's a little more upside. He's got a fun name. Okay. All right. I, I, there's, there's not really any 
like using you know, using logic with you right now, so that's totally fine. <laughs> whatever, whatever, you, whatever you want to tell yourself. Buddy. I got great logic. All right, here's here's a question away from the goalies, and it's something that I'm sure Bruce Cassidy was happy about. Regardless of who's in goal, is this team's path to victory in the postseason to do what they did to Montreal in the final four minutes where they gave up one shot on goal while protecting a one-goal lead? Yeah, generally speaking, when you have a lead, you want to limit the amount of chances the opposition gets. So uh, I, I've been saying it now for a while. The, the path for the Golden Knights, specifically with Mark Stone not in your lineup, is to just be better defensively than the teams that you're playing against, to just make sure you limit mistakes, limit chances uh, from in tight. And if the Golden Knights are able to play a 60-minute defensive game, they're going to be hard to beat on most nights because they're not going to give up a lot. And if you're getting average goaltending, that is usually going to be two or less on the board for the opposition. So as long as the Golden Knights are playing that way, they're a hard out for sure. If this is the Barbashev they get, do you feel a little better about him on that top line with Stone out? Yeah, I mean, I liked Ivan Barbashev. I think, you know, as, as far as players go and the way that he plays the game, that's certainly something that has been missing from the Golden Knights, a player that is going to live in front of the net, a player that's hard on pucks in front of the net, can find rebounds, find second opportunities, arrives when the shots get there. Like He is a net front player. There's a lot of guys that will go there and not really know what to do when they get there. Ivan Barbashev is the exact opposite. He gets there and he knows exactly what to do when he's there. Um, it's opened up space for Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marshall, so I don't think it's any surprise that with Barbashev doing what he does, it's it's kind of allowed Jack and Jonathan to find a little bit more chemistry because their you know defenses are backing off a bit more with Barbashev in the fold. So as as long as they can kind of continue to build on that and learn to get pucks to the front of the net when Ivan Barbashev is there, I think they'll be an effective line. Uh, division is pretty tight. Uh, Kings have the same amount of points as Vegas, but they've played a couple of more games. Is Jonas Corposalo going to put the Kings over the top? Like, is that change in goaltending for a team that's had bad goaltending all year? Is that enough for LA to pass Vegas for the one spot in the Pacific? I think it's going to be real interesting to keep an eye on that down the stretch for sure, because, you know, LA has been in this position all season long where they've been right around the top in the Pacific Division, and it's largely been due to the fact that they are really, really good defensively and they outscore their goaltending issues. And make no mistake, you know, the goaltending has been below average all year long for Los Angeles. So the argument I think that, you know, Rob Blake is kind of banking on is you bring in a goaltender like Jonas Corposalo, who has been more or less league average to a little bit above league average in terms of his numbers this season, you put him behind that Kings defense that's a top five defense in the league in terms of expected goals against, and all of a sudden you're you're winning games pretty easily, 3-1, 4-1, 4-2. Like that's probably what you're going to see most nights now out of the Los Angeles Kings. They don't have to put six, seven, eight goals on the board just to get wins in games that they play well defensively. So I think the Kings are real – interesting opponent down the stretch because if they get average goaltending and nothing else changes, they're going to win a lot of hockey games. They're going to push the Golden Knights for that top spot for sure. So with that in mind, um, I'll I'll ask it to you this way. Who are the top three teams in the Western Conference in order for you right now? Uh, In order for me right now, it's probably... um, Oh man, I hate these questions because I still really, really do believe in the Colorado Avalanche. I just don't know that they're going to like put it all together to be in that position where they are 
um, viewed as a top team in in the conference. Um, Gabe Landeskog coming back, like that's going to be important for them, absolutely. But uh, right now, for me, my money, top three teams in the in the Western Conference. I'm going Vegas. I'm still going to throw Dallas in there just because um, overtime points, like. <laughs> Kind of ridiculous. They've already got thirteen. 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 Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's it's like absolutely ridiculous. They are legitimately thirty-four and thirty. They're, you know what? No, 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 no. Stop that. I'm not going to take Dallas. Screw that. I'm not doing that. All right. I'm going Vegas. I'm going L.A. I'm going Edmonton right now. Those okay. Are my three. Pacific Division. They, yeah. You are. That isn't. I did not realize that they are thirty-four and thirty on the year. If this was a normal sport that didn't do loser points. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Wow. All right. That's incredible. And see, listen, I ask you the question. I'll ask you the question every week we talk to you for the rest of the year, and it can change because if you went by points, it's Vegas, L.A., Dallas. If you went by sure. goal differential, it's Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas. And I'm sure I could find some other things that say it's somehow Colorado, Seattle, and Minnesota. I don't sure. know that there's a right answer to who the best two or three or four teams are in the West, which means we're going to end up somehow with – like Seattle and Winnipeg playing in the Western Conference Final. Yeah, you, you know what? You might be right. And I think your your larger point is pulling on a thread that we saw essentially all trade week long, in that, or trade deadline week long, and that was the West is wide open. I mean, you can make a case for literally any of the teams right now in the playoff picture. You've got Vegas, L.A., Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Colorado, and all of those teams right now, if you were to tell me, yeah, they came out of the West, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like every team has probably a glaring issue. Every team has their strengths, and I, I think that the West is going to be wide open this year when it comes to the playoffs. Come out of the West, get swept by Boston in the Stanley Cup final. Oh come on, Tyler. We know Boston's not going to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> they can't lose. What are you talking about? Ten in a row again. Yeah. Like, listen, you can't lose until you start losing, and then all of a sudden you don't know how to handle losing. Like, <sighs> listen, I'm not going to sit here and double down on my Boston is bad take. Like, clearly the Bruins <laughs> decided to make this year miserable for me. They have a plus 105 goal differential. Yeah, that's not like, real. That's yeah, stupid. It's a video stupid. games. And, and their goal differential is higher than their points on the season, which is even more ridiculous. Um, but, I, I like, I want to exist in a world where – the Ottawa Senators or the Buffalo Sabres sneak into the playoffs and oh they play God. Boston in the first oh. round. And Ottawa does have a 1-1-1 one, one, and one record against Boston so far this year, yeah. so something to keep in mind. Listen to you. Get out of here. Boston's good. They're too good. He's Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider's show. Hear him on pre-post and intermission today. It's an early game. Uh, see you later, Ryan. See you, buddy. Later, guys. So there's Ryan Wallace. Those are, yeah, it's ridiculous, the numbers the Boston Bruins yeah. have. Their their record to have is goal differential more than points. Yeah, one hundred five to one hundred four, and they got yeah. Their record is forty nine eight and five. <laughs> eight times they've lost in regulation this season. That's kind of the most Look ridiculous thing ever. Calgary also has thirteen. Calgary's the bad though. They're bad, so that would make them what twenty eight and oh man, they'd really be they'd really be bad in a regular. Oh yeah, sport. loser points are the worst, the absolute worst. All right. We got tickets to give away to go to the Mountain West Tournament. Two tickets for Friday, March 10th, the semifinals, 702-364-1100. That is the phone number. If you want to go to the Mountain West Tournament on Friday, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number nine. 
4700. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Ed, tonight, you know what starts tonight? What? The World Baseball Classic. Ah. Uh. Did you say it's Japan against somebody? No, no. Tonight is Cuba and the Netherlands. Right. Uh, it starts at 8 o'clock Pacific time. Yeah, I lost interest when Kershaw bailed out. You lost interest? What? You were in for one player? I love him. He's my, one of my, he's my, he's my favorite player. 8 o'clock first pitch? 11 Eastern. That's, oh. I they're, like well, they're playing. Innings in me. I actually don't know where this game is, but they're playing. Some of these games, there's games in Asia. Yeah. And then there's games here, or yeah. in Phoenix. There's games in Florida, Yep. and I think there's one other location that I can't remember. But yeah, 11, 11 Eastern, 8 o'clock Pacific, first pitch of well, the World Baseball You Classic. said it was Cuba? Cuba and the Netherlands are playing. I thought that was in Florida, because I know people who are going to Florida next week for it, and I think they're going to a Cuba game, unless Cuba is going to move. Uh, starting on Wednesday, well, we don't have a TV that works, but there's games uh, in the morning, 6 a.m. and then 5 a.m. We got morning baseball. We'll see if it's streaming on YouTube. Then maybe we can watch it. <laughs> right now we're watching Boston, Boston versus Tampa Bay from who knows what year. Yeah, I'm disappointed. You guys put on all these weird hockey highlights. I enjoyed it more when there was power washing rugs and um, tools. You were watching somebody fix a lamp. Is yeah. that what happened too? Yeah, they were restoring an old, an old, uh, uh, yeah, an old lamp, like a lantern. And that's what you wanted to watch. I I used to love watching how it's made when I was growing up. Was can you make show. anything? No, I can make a sandwich. <laughs> Right. Well, you certainly can't make chocolate milk. We've established that. I can make tacos. I had a, I had some good tacos last night. I can make tacos. Yeah. I mean, anybody can make a taco. How good is it? Right. That's the other. That's the well, real question. Well, is how I I bought it from the Mexican grocery store, and then took it home and just slapped the food in a tortilla. It was pretty good. That's you making them? That was a very confusing. I put it statement. together. Did you have to heat the meat? No, it comes already cooked. So you didn't make tacos. What are you talking about? I constructed tacos. What is, that's better. Hold on, hold that's on. Better for Walk us on. through this. What happened yesterday? What did you buy from the uh, store? Already made tacos. We bought fajitas. Okay. So but, you bought already heated meat yeah. and vegetables. Yeah, it was already cooked. And it was all together already. Like it all came in the same bag or box or whatever they used to, to sell it. Well, yeah, the meat was in it, and then I just I constructed. So essentially, the taco. you opened up a tortilla and threw a bunch of <laughs> yeah, stuff in it. That's why I said I constructed a taco. <laughs> Danny, you and your food choices, and 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 how difficult these things seem to be. Well, there's nothing. When you said make tacos, I thought right. he made. I thought he put the meat in the the grill and everything. And I got. I've, I've made tacos before. It was just super quick last night, so we just went to the store. We didn't have time to cook. I got nothing against buying the fajita no. mix and just throwing it in a tortilla. That's fine. But you came on, you're like, I know how to make tacos. I made some last yeah. night. When in reality, you just bought tortillas. Stuff, yeah, you we constructed tacos. <laughs> hey, I added stuff to it. You know, I melted the cheese on my tortilla, did all that stuff. Melted the cheese. That's good stuff. How did you melt the cheese on the tortilla? We have like a little a little hot plate on the stove that right. we warm up the right. tortillas okay. on. It's, I was, it's I was strictly afraid just we were for get warming like, up tortillas. I was afraid you're about to tell us you put a tortilla with a slice of American cheese in the microwave. Oh God, and no! Heated it up. Don't say God, no. You dissolved a cookie you dissolved in milk. Dissolved a cookie in milk to make chocolate milk. Why do you guys have to sit on that? You brought it, it up. Hey, 
Go home, try it. I, bet I am you not like trying it. it. I will not be trying this. No, because I'm going to go home, and if I want chocolate milk, I'm going to drink it out of my carton <laughs> that I already have that says chocolate <laughs> milk on it. I'll not be searching for a cookie, which we don't have, and throwing it in a regular glass of milk. Oh, he's telling us one minute left. Yeah, I, I thought he was saying, hold on. He had something <laughs> no, to tell us. <laughs> what are you planning to eat today? I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, you, you don't do us. dinner. You don't do like dinner plans for you go out in the morning. Hey, what are we doing for dinner tonight? No, I'll probably text my girlfriend at some time today saying, hey, what's for dinner? Although we do have a, we have a big ham that we've been trying to cook. So, <laughs> well, at least you're going to cook it. And it's not some honey bake that you go and you pick up and you just slice the thing. No. No, oh, we have a we have a ham, good. so we got to cook that, and then we got a bunch of bison meat in the fridge or in the freezer. Oh, we made bison burgers bison. the other night, so good. They are good. Where'd you get that? Uh, I don't know. My girlfriend's mom brought it from a store. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just she, showed up one day. Yeah, she just shows up with a car full of groceries. It's great. Somebody oh, killed and butchered Give a bison. Give my address. Jeez, <laughs> Ed wants free food. Yes. <laughs>